Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on the Divine Messages podcast. My name is Karina, and I am a psychic medium out of Calgary, Alberta. Today on the podcast, I have a lovely student of mine coming on here with me to share her journey with all of you. Her name is Amanda, and she has been through quite the experience with the spiritual side. So everyone, please help me welcome Amanda to the podcast. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Hi, Karina. I'm so excited to be here. I am so glad that you came on here today because we do have a very strong message for everybody. And I think it's important that we are so open and honest about our journeys with spirituality and and being healers, because I think sometimes we go into this, I don't even want to say line of work, into our purpose, and we get so excited about it. And then we meet people along the way that aren't always for the greatest and highest of good for our souls. So I would like to take everybody back in time and explain how you found me and how we found each other. And um, then we'll explain a little bit about your journey, about the things that happened and what we want to share with everybody today. Yeah, it's so special to me because I was guided to you, Karina, uh, through a couple of family members. So the way it all started of my journey to you was my stepmother, who is very spiritual, was listening to your podcast. And I think she's listened to every single one of them. Wow. Uh, But she just really fell in love with your authenticity and your vulnerability and just the way you come across and you just create such a safe, authentic energy around you. So she was hooked on the podcast, had been a longtime listener and decided it was time for her to start her own journey. And she contacted you to do a reading in mediumship. And she was all geared up. I don't know if she had ever done it before with anybody. Um, wow. But she she got on the call with you. And you can tell this better than I can. But from what I've heard, she listened to your whole reading and was scratching her head wondering who all of these people were who were coming through to you so clearly but she couldn't figure out who they were and correct me if this is wrong but I think as you got close to the end of the reading she had this big light bulb moment this aha and she realized that everybody that was coming through was in fact not her family or relatives or loved ones but it was my dad's family and relatives and loved ones. Is that about right from that reading? Absolutely right. Absolutely. They were so crystal clear and so strong. And I thought, how does she not know who these people are? It's like, (laughs) uh, you know, because usually people will connect right away, but they came in hot and they were just like, I have to get this message to him. And they went through her because she is also so open and spiritual that she is that channel of light and they took it. They took that yeah. opportunity. And and then from there, your father came to me. Yeah. So, and, and here's what's interesting. You guys had recorded that session. So she was able to play it back for my dad. And my she dad did. was had never done anything like this before. So he was new to this whole space, but he heard the messages that came through you and he knew right away, like, 
this was for me. These were his loved ones. And so he immediately contacted you to book (laughs) another reading. And I think she later contacted you to book a reading so that her own loved family came in. Yeah. And that did happen. (laughs) Yeah. So you had done the readings for them. And then it might've been a couple of years that went by before I ever reached out to you. It was shortly after my grandmother had passed and she came to me in a dream and I thought, okay, she's trying to reach me. There's something that I need to hear. So I contacted you, set up a reading, and then we went from there. And you're in Florida. Let's just tell everybody that you're in Florida. I'm in Alberta, Canada, and you decided to take a chance, not knowing me, not knowing anything about Alberta and got on a plane and came and take and came and took your um, level one and two with me in person. Yeah. So I had never experienced Reiki before. So we, I did the reading with you kind of established that vibe and just knew that I could trust you and started following you on Instagram Mm-hmm. had never experienced Reiki before, but something about it was calling to me. And where I live in Florida is actually a fairly spiritual pocket of this little city that I'm in. And there are tons of Reiki practitioners here, but I knew I needed to fly all the way up to Calgary, <laughs> Alberta to come do it with you. So you posted on Instagram that you would be holding a class and I didn't even hesitate. It was just like, as soon as I saw that, it was like, it was a done deal. So I booked everything, flew up, never having met you in person before, and just had the most incredible experience. It was life-changing. And for me, even to have students fly in, like I've had some other students fly in from New York and uh, Utah, now Florida. And I think it's amazing that spirit guides you all the way to another country and to trust me that's like a level of trust that you can't deny and you know that you're supposed to you were supposed to be here that's how it was supposed to go and yes even during your reiki class i remember looking at you and and thinking okay she's had a really rough go with some spiritual stuff and thank goodness spirit guided you to me because i i really wanted you to have a safe positive experience and to go forward on your spiritual path with a feeling of comfort and not even worrying about what could go wrong. And that's something I think a lot of people really hesitate with in this spiritual field. They get into it, they get scared by something, and then they just put a stop to it. And it's like, okay, we're done. I'm I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And, um, I think you almost went through that. And that's kind of why I think you were brought into my world. Because when we did that first reading, it was like, look, this is who you are. This is in your soul. You just have to open up safely and let me help you. And that's when you said, okay, I trust you and flew across the country to come see me and do the course. So Yeah. And it didn't stop there. So that was for my level one and two. I then went on to do my master's with you and, and participated in quite a few of your intuitive development classes. So everything that we're going to talk about today from my spiritual journey from before I met you, there was many years gap in between. And I think you're right. I think, uh, I, did have some hesitation after the experience that we'll dive into today. 
But as soon as I felt the safe space and I knew I could go forth confidently on my spiritual journey, I just dove right back in. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm really grateful that you didn't give up because I think that's one of the reasons why we're actually doing this podcast today is we wanted to share that when you do embark on a spiritual journey, it's like a roller coaster. It is up mm-hmm. and down. And, and sometimes you are brought certain people into your, onto your path to, to teach you. And some of those lessons are really not great, but if you and I have the opportunity to help others and to really guide them along the path in a safe manner, that's what we're, that's what our purpose is. That's what we have to do. And that's why we really want to help today. So if you're comfortable here, I know it's um, a very intense topic, but I really want to share what happened to you and to help others, because that's, again, the whole purpose of this. And I know that it's not going to be easy discussing it, but I think it's important. And I'm so grateful that you're willing to share that because I think so many people really need to understand the power of our intuition, red flags, our warnings from our guides and the things that we ignore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even before I dive right into my story, I just want to familiarize your listeners with a concept that they probably already know, but it's something that we experience in our day-to-day lives that gets so amplified when we start talking about working with spiritual influencers. Mm -hmm. So there is this concept called emotional contagion, Mm -hmm. and it's been scientifically validated that we rub off on each other emotionally and energetically right? Mm -hmm. So this is something that we experience in our everyday lives. And everybody has has gone through this to where you encounter somebody who is radiant and glowing and full of light. And you walk away from that encounter feeling a little bit lighter yourself. Or if you encounter somebody who has a heavy, dark energy, that can influence us as well. So that happens all the time in our day-to-day lives. And it maybe doesn't seem that important, but when you start thinking about working with somebody from a spiritual perspective, that same concept holds true and it just gets amplified a thousandfold, whether it's conscious and intentional or not, right? Yes. So this, this is my story and I hope that your listeners can really benefit from this. So a number of years ago, I was in a workplace where I had a colleague who was a bright light in the world. He was just one of these radiant people and just super joyful. No matter what was going on, he was just a bright light. And I thought, wow, it's so nice to be able to work around somebody, work with and around somebody who has that quality. He knew that at the time I was teaching yoga on nights and weekends as a passion project uh, besides my day job. And so he approached me one day and said, hey, Amanda, I know you're into yoga. Do you meditate? Are you into meditation? And I said, you know what? I don't have a regular meditation practice. I know I would benefit from one. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty open. 
So he told me that he had been doing this meditation practice every day for years and that in our local area, there was a workshop coming up where I could learn how to do this meditation. And he just went on and on about how it had changed his life. And I thought, he is a bright light. I want what he's got. This sounds good. Let me sign up for the workshop and check it out. Uh So I jumped in without pausing to ask the questions that I think I have since learned are critically important. Yeah. Right. So the meditation was created by this man who is an internationally known spiritual leader. He has millions upon millions, literally, of followers. Um, He has a worldwide presence. He's all over the internet. And I did not pause or even think to pause and consider, is this person out there and acting for my highest and best good. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about that at all. I just jumped right down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. So I went to the local workshop. I learned the meditation. I started doing it every day, twice a day. I started going to monthly gatherings where they would reinforce it. We would practice the meditation in a group setting. have discussions, listen to audio recordings from the spiritual leader. I was really down the rabbit hole and had met a local group of people that I was really enjoying. Um, I even bought the merchandise, Karina, because of course, oh my gosh, (laughs) if, if this wasn't a red flag that I missed, of course, you couldn't do all of these practices correctly without the merchandise, right? Like you had to have these certain items to help you along your spiritual journey. So that should have been red flag number one, but it wasn't. So I had all the merchandise. I read all the books. I kept going to local workshops and this went on for probably about a year. And then I decided it was time. I wanted to go to one of the retreat centers. Mm -hmm. So again, this, the spiritual leader has so many followers. He has multiple retreat centers around the world. So I hopped on an airplane. I went to the one that was closest to me and I went to this multi-day retreat. Mm -hmm. Well, while I was there, the local leaders announced that this spiritual leader was traveling and he was actually going to make a stop at the retreat center and give a talk. Mm -hmm. And there were probably a couple hundred people there at the time. And the excitement was palpable. Everybody was so excited because many of these people had been following him for years, if not decades, and had never shared a space, had never been in his presence, if you will. Uh So the energy around the, the retreat center is just like palpable. I, this is so embarrassing, but I remember thinking, what am I going to wear to go to this talk, right? Because I'm at a retreat center. I've got all this like athleisure wear. And I remember thinking, no, I need to wear something that's more respectful. You know, that's more than athleisure wear when I, when I go to see this person. So uh, luckily they had merchandise. So I was able to buy something to wear. (laughs) 
<laughs> my goodness. And so I go to the talk that evening and it's this big hall. There's probably a couple hundred people in there and it there is a lot of fanfare around it. So before the spiritual leader comes out, there are live musicians playing, like just getting the energy up in the room. Mm-hmm. And then with grand fanfare, they bring him out onto this platform and he gives his talk. And I've never experienced anything like this. Okay. So the couple hundred people who are there listening mm-hmm. are like enraptured. It was really strange. It was almost as if they were hypnotized. I've never felt an energy like this. And I started to feel a little bit weird. Mm -hmm. He finishes his talk and with really slow pace, he starts gazing around the room, making eye contact with as many people as possible. And I'm sure he didn't get all a couple hundred, but he was making eye contact and holding it with a lot of people. And this took quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And while this was happening, I had a first. So this predates any of my work with you, any of my Reiki training, any of my intuitive development classes. I'm standing there watching him watch people in the room and I saw his aura Mm -hmm. and I don't see things like this right I never had seen an aura before and in fact I've never seen one since but I saw his aura and it was jet black and it gave me chills it shook me to the bone I was honestly terrified Mm -hmm. because it was so clear so undeniable and it wasn't like a oh is that a shadow sort of thing Mm -hmm. I mean it was crystal crystal clear crystal clear clear, jet black aura surrounding this person and I thought I've got to get the hell out of here out of not only the space but out of everything having to do with it you thought that that moment yes wow it was instantaneous I mean it it was like a shudder through my entire body I know my hair was standing when you were talking. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and I mean, it was so palpable. I was scared. Mm-hmm. I went home the next day. I cleared out my house. I got rid of all of the merch. I didn't have the skills yet to actually do a proper house clearing with smudging and, and all of that. But I got rid of everything. I withdrew from the local group, which actually made me sad because I had become friends with many of the the fellow meditators. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I couldn't stay anywhere near them and get the distance that I needed from this person with the black aura, right? Wow. And I felt so much shame, Karina. I was so embarrassed. I felt like naive, like I had been duped. And here I'm in my thirties at this time. And I'm thinking, 
I'm pretty savvy. I've navigated a lot by this stage of my life. And I just felt so embarrassed and naive that I could fall for this and be hooked like this for as long as I was. And it was really devastating. Not only did I lose the community of people that I had been sharing this practice with locally, Mm -hmm. um, but I just felt so embarrassed and ashamed. And there's one other element that I had never shared with you before. And that is, so I've talked about my stepmom and my dad and how they led me to you. Well, I haven't told you anything about my mom. No, my mom and I have a very close relationship. And when I first started following these meditation practices and the spiritual leader, she was devastated. Now, she's somebody who who flew up to Atlanta to be there in person at my yoga teacher training uh, graduation. She's always been there for me and and so supportive of my spiritual journey and, and everything that had come with that. But when it came to this aspect, mm-hmm. I've never considered her to be intuitive. Maybe I now need to rethink, rethink that. Yeah. She was almost in tears. I took her to one of the early workshops so that she could experience this and learn the meditation so she could do it herself. She oh came gosh. out of that almost in tears, begging me to get out of this. Oh my God. I didn't know that, Amanda. And, and again, like this is part of the emotionality of this experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm in my early thirties at the time, my mom, I'm her baby, but she still respected me enough and gave me the space Mm -hmm. to go on my journey and learn the lesson that I needed to learn. And fast forward a year when I go and I see the black aura and I withdraw from all of this, she had the grace to not say, I told you so, but to just be there for me and to support me through all of the emotions that came with kind of the the undoing of this aspect of my life. Oh my God. And I was able to share in her relief and it was something that we went through almost together and it was just so impactful and such a huge part of my journey. And then following that experience, I would say my spiritual life, I kind of went quiet in it for a little while. I don't blame you at all. I don't blame you. And that's what happens to a lot of people. And I've seen this, Amanda, with so many, um, I've seen this a lot when it comes to power and ego. I think that a lot of people do go into this field to be of service and to help. But the problem is that once they get a little bit of power, the ego takes over. And it's like, sometimes people really want to show others what they can do, or they get caught up in that, that really negative vibration where they do have power over people. And I've seen it so many times. I can't tell you how many students have gone through something similar. And, you know, when I was working with you and I remember thinking like, oh, you're so bright. You've got a very bright light. And I could see how 
someone could take advantage of that kindness and that light and override some of that and get people sucked into something that becomes all about ego. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I was sucked in, I was hooked. And I think this is one of the, the main reasons that I agreed to come on your podcast on this topic and share this is I want your listeners to understand what can happen, mm -hmm. but I also don't want anyone to shy away from their own spiritual pursuits. And I want them to be able to move forward with confidence mm -hmm. in whoever they choose to work with, because honestly, the most important aspect of working with somebody on a spiritual journey, whether it's a leader of organized religion, like a priest or a rabbi, or whether it's a metaphysical practitioner, a, a medium, a psychic, an energy worker, mm -hmm. you get the most benefit by being completely open, right? But you can only be completely open if you have absolute trust that whoever you're opening up to is truly working for your highest and best good and truly a light worker. And that's what I didn't know to pause and question or consider. And that's why after that experience, I kind of withdrew from my spiritual journey for a little while until enough healing had occurred that I was ready to come back in a much more discerning way. Mm -hmm. And even in our first reading that we ever did together, I believe it was by phone. I don't even think we were on FaceTime. And mm -hmm. I remember saying to you, hey, like, this is who you are. You know, what's happened? You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're kind of veered off your path a little bit. I'm here to help you get back on that path and push you a little bit along the way. And with that one reading was that level of trust, I believe. And here yes. you are today as now a Reiki master practitioner, you did your Reiki master. I think that was like a month ago, maybe something like that yeah. a month ago. And yeah. for you to take it that far and put that level of trust and being open, not only with me, but with spirit again, says a lot. And I think that's why it's so important that we do share about these little experiences, not little huge experiences that can <laughs> really impact our lives. And I think that's why even with another student named Amanda, we did an episode mm -hmm. about guided meditations. And I said, I'm a firm believer in guided meditations and, and really being open to healing ourselves on such a deep level. But there is that, but we open a channel, we all of a sudden are wide open. And if we're not spiritually protected, we allow a lot of things that aren't from the highest good to come in and potentially can put us under what we call psychic attack. It's happened to me many times over the journey that I've been on and it's not pretty. And I would rather not have, especially my students experience anything that I suffered through for years off and on really, you know? Yeah. And you have so many great podcast episodes about how to protect yourself from psychic attack. Mm -hmm. um, and in that recent one that you did with your other student, Amanda, yeah. you talked about something else that I wanted to bring up again. Um, and that is the left eye thing. So, <laughs> so 
I want to give your listeners a couple of tools that they can use to help them determine or discern if a spiritual person that they're thinking about working with mm-hmm. is in fact working for their greatest and highest good. Mm-hmm. And you talked about it in your recent episode with Amanda, but this was something that when I was doing my level one and two Reiki training with you that came up. Okay. And this is how any of this topic came up with you in the first place was this left eye thing. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to recap that? I know you talked about it at length in a recent episode, but do you want to just talk about that a bit? Absolutely. I think especially being clairvoyant, I've been, you know, able to see spirits and energy since I was really, really young, since I was about nine. But I think what's helped me over the years when I opened up even more so into this world of being a psychic medium, that when I would look at people, especially during readings or when I go out in public, I, if I can look you directly in the eye, I know that you have a really good aura or a good energy. But if I have to look someone in the eye and like see something that is always in the left eye, and I always, I don't know why, why Amanda, I don't know why I see it in the left eye, but the eyes are the window to the soul. And so when you are looking someone in the eye, usually if there is an entity or a negative energy within that person that they may have absorbed from somewhere or something, you can actually see it in the left eye. The left eye will look different and it will just almost look like um, maybe like a serpent in there where you can well that's how Mm -hmm. I visually see it where I see the left eye is really off and then I look at the right eye and I go okay I see that that person's soul in the right eye and I see whatever entity or or negative energy is within them in that left eye I see it kind of just floating maybe if that makes sense and so some of the students I've taught that to I've said look if you're going to work with someone take a look at their eyes what do you see in there? Then you'll know what you're dealing with and what you have to work on. And through Reiki, thank goodness, we can release a lot of that for people. It's not great to do, and it's not easy, but we can do that. That's part of our job as healers, right? Yeah. And and while I was at that Reiki level one, two training, having flown from Florida to Alberta, right? You mentioned this and it was the first I had ever heard or thought about it. And I just had this gut feeling like this intuitive hit of, oh my gosh, I need to pull up a picture of this spiritual leader from however many years ago and look at his left eye. And so I pulled it up while I was standing in your kitchen on a lunch break, I think. And we looked at the photo together and it was like clear as day. You can see it. There was something up. And I I almost saw it as like a shadow, but not a shadow in the sense of, oh, it was something with the lighting of the photograph. It wasn't that at all. It's completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can even pick it up from a photograph, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. So if there is somebody that your listeners are thinking of working with, even if you don't know them face-to-face or can't interact face-to-face, if you can get a photograph That is something that you can check and you can see. And again, let's lean into that gut feeling of, does anything feel off here? And it might be clear as day as as the case was 
for me after the fact. Um, yeah. Or it might just be a deeper gut feeling that you have to trust because that is a message being sent to you to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. And I really want to say this. I feel like when we go into this spiritual work, first of all, I went into this to heal my life. That was something that the reason I opened up was because I really needed to heal a lot of trauma. But then it was like, I wanted to give back and help so many people because I knew what it was like to be in the dark. And I wanted to, to almost open up that doorway for the light to come in so others could see it. And I think that what happens is we get so excited about wanting to help others that we do put a lot of trust into when you hear that someone is a light worker or they're, you know, a psychic medium or they're a healer, Reiki master, whatever practitioner they are, we get so excited going, oh my goodness, they have the same purpose. They have the same intentions. But what happens along the way, and I've seen it again so many times, is that I, I really do believe everybody does go into it. Most people go into it with pure intention. And then the ego, which is always, like I say, the good angel, the bad angel, which will take over and sometimes go, oh my God, I have this power within my hands and it becomes manipulative, right? And so then the yeah. next thing I know, they're it's almost like a fuel to a fire. There's more fuel that goes on top of them of like, wow, I have this power. I have this um, feeling come. I would say that they have a feeling that comes over them that becomes um, powerful. And it's not from the greatest and highest of good because that isn't how a light worker should feel. You should go into this with that pure intention of seeing someone be lifted up and that's it. There isn't uh let me show you what I can do. Look at the power I have within me. And that's where the ego takes over. And then they take advantage of people's kindness and, and really steal their light, if that makes sense too. Yeah. And I think that can absolutely happen at an unconscious level where they're not even aware that they're doing that. And they maybe yes. started out with the best of intentions, right? And they- yes think or maybe they're rationalizing to themselves <sighs> that they just they're they're helping and they need to help more people but mm -hmm. the way they go about it mm -hmm. shifts bit by bit over time and they to a place where they don't even know they don't even know and because and they are a host and a vessel right and that's where spirit works through us we're the mediums in between worlds right we open up as healers as a reiki practitioner and you put your hands on somebody it's not us really doing the work we're just the medium in between the two worlds in order for them to do the healing and that's for sure where people i think have that pure intention and then the ego just kind of takes over and the they become almost um, caught up in this illusion of power and it becomes power and greed. And I've seen it. And that's why there's certain um, spiritual healers that I follow that I think are incredible and they have stayed in that light and they haven't let the ego get to them. I've also seen it happen during some yoga practices where I've had students go and take some yoga classes and they find this person that they've put their trust into. And one of my students actually got caught up with this um, male as well, who was doing these yoga practices with them. And, and she was so involved in his classes and was so excited about him, but 
she ended up coming to me and saying, I don't feel good. Like something's wrong. Well, she was under this weird energy that was kind of taking over her. And it was a very weird sexual energy. I'm not going to say that it wasn't, it was. And so she was having like weird nightmares at night and like things like that. And I'm like, that isn't from the highest of good. Like you have to disconnect from it, clear your energy and start again. And that's what she did. Yeah. And I think you have to lean into your own guides or your higher power or whatever you choose to call it mm-hmm. to really give you those signals and the alerts and to listen to them when you start to feel that way and turn to somebody that you do trust who can help you. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. I was so lucky that I had, I'll call it an intervention from mm-hmm. my higher power to mm-hmm. show me a jet black aura when I had never seen an aura before. And I have yeah. never seen one since, even though uh-huh. now I've done all the trainings with you and I am the Reiki master practitioner and all of that, I've still never seen another one. So I have mm-hmm. no doubt that that was a very specific intervention from my guides or my higher power to get me out of that situation. And then I think there was another intervention that happened recently um, that you picked up on. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I'll share that because in the class that we were doing, the last master class, um, before that, before that, yeah, it yeah. was it was the Reiki refresher. Oh, so I had done right. I had done my level one and two. Mm-hmm. It had been a little while since I had traveled to Alberta, and I wanted to just freshen up my skills. So you offered a Reiki refresher class, mm-hmm. and in that class, you had said, "I've joined this you know new place, and I feel like I'm going to you know work with all these people." And I was like, "Oh, good for you, Amanda. That's amazing." And then I was getting this weird feeling and you said to me, well, I'm going to do this Reiki share with all these people. And I went, and that's that gut feeling for me is like something came over me. I'm like, if I knew what I was picking up and I'm like, do I say something? Because I also don't want to influence anybody's path. This is something that you all have to go on your own journeys. But then if I get that message and it hits me three times, I know I have to say something and it was bugging me. And I said, okay, Amanda, just be careful. I have this feeling. Um, I can't remember how I said it, but I said, I think I have this feeling that is just, just be careful. Something doesn't seem right. It literally took your breath away when I shared with you that, mm-hmm. yes, I have this uh, new local community and an opportunity to participate in a Reiki share, which mm-hmm. I had not done before. Mm-hmm. And I told you about it and you like gasped it paused and this was on screen so I could see your face and (laughs) it took you a couple beats to like gather yourself and maybe you were deciding what to say or maybe Mm -hmm. you were maybe you were still trying to understand what that feeling was but you said I do not have a good feeling about it I don't think you should do it if you do it you need to protect yourself Mm -hmm. and Here's the funny thing and why I think this was another intervention on behalf of my guides or my higher power. Mm -hmm. I didn't have an opportunity. I wasn't available to participate in the Reiki share that was coming up a few weeks after this 
transpired, right? And then by the time it was rolling around for the next month, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, which I was never given an explanation, the Reiki share that had previously been occurring on a monthly basis was permanently canceled. Yeah. Yeah. And I immediately (laughs) messaged you to say, Karina, you're not going to believe it. Remember that thing about the Reiki share? I said, I don't know why, but it has just been canceled. Mm -hmm. No explanation given. And I was like, well, someone helped you out because when I was actually looking at it, that's, I, I was getting that strong message like, oh my God, this is not for her. This is not for her. She can go under attack. And again, I was my job as a Reiki master is to be of service to my students and to help them. That's my job. I, you know, I take this work so seriously and I really genuinely care that you don't become, um, I genuinely care that you don't become under attack or influenced in a negative way in any possible way. And I do I do always want to help. And when you said something about the Reiki share and I'm getting that like hard no, and I'm like talking to my guides going, do I say something like this is her journey? I can't influence her either, but I can't not give her the heads up. And I thought Mm -hmm. they said, no, you tell her. And I went, okay, so here's the feeling. (laughs) I'm like, just be careful. I said, if you're going to do it, you just make sure you really protect yourself. I just got like, you know, a really weird gut feeling. And then when you mentioned that it was, um, when you messaged me and said, Hey, this actually was permanently canceled. I went, okay, Amanda, if that's not a sign that we were on point, that's what I'm talking about. We have to listen to those little nudges and would you go back and say that there was any sort of red flag of, around that Reiki share at all? Because I really want to help others understand that sometimes we do miss it, or perhaps we overlook certain things. I honestly never got to a point where I knew enough enough about it, mm-hmm. other than the fact that it occurred on a monthly basis. I had my level one and two, which was enough to be a participant, Um, but I had not gotten any details about specifically where it occurred, who else might be in attendance, what sort of people might we be working on. I didn't have much information at all. You gave me the red flag. And then something in my life happened where I just wasn't available the date of the next one. And then beyond that, they were just removed. So in that instance, I don't know that there was a red flag other than it came through you. Right. And I think that's something to be aware of that sometimes these warning signals will come directly to us in our day-to-day lives. And it, it is our responsibility to pay attention to them. And sometimes these warning signals will come through another way, mm-hmm. but it's still our responsibility to listen to them and pay attention. And we have free will, right? Like I could have we still sure do. I could have <laughs> still gone and done it after yeah. your warning. But again, this is why I think there was some sort of intervention at a higher level. Mm-hmm. It just never was an opportunity again after that. Mm-hmm. So. 
And one of the other students too, I don't know if you listened to the episode with Pamela, I think it was the second episode with Pamela and she had said the same thing. She went out and she had this, she had this appointment booked with this spiritual healer. And I also had that same gut feeling. And I said, Hey, Pamela, like, just, you know, if you're going to go, I said, I can't tell you what to do. You do you, but I have this really weird feeling, but just protect yourself. And then all these things, you know, transpired after. And she said, Oh my God, Karina, you told me, and I didn't listen. I said, I can't, you know, make you do something. I can just give you a little bit of a heads up. And yes, it is up to us to, to listen or not. And sometimes we have to go through those experiences do mm-hmm. teach us to make us stronger healers because we Absolutely. have to have the good and the bad, right? It's the yin yes. and the yang. We have to go yes. back and forth and be able to, in order to be a good, true healer, we do have to go through really a lot because how can we have that, that knowledge and that wisdom if we haven't had the experiences? And so mm-hmm. even though you went through that experience seeing that aura and going through that with that person you wouldn't be here today you wouldn't be the healer that you are today if you hadn't gone through that because it taught you the the dark and the light right there is that Mm -hmm. that the good and the bad in the world that's just how it is in this world in the physical existence but also in the spiritual world and I think most people we do go into this a little bit excited and a little bit blind and we just expect that everybody is who's in the spiritual world is from the greatest and highest of good and we're we're so excited to be a part of that world that we do overlook those red flags and not always are the red flags there too because of that part of the journey that we have to go through those experiences mm-hmm. absolutely and what were you going to say I think, oh i just think absolutely i had to go through that mm-hmm. journey that I went through, yeah. even though my mom was crying, even though she's picked up on some red flag or warning that I overlooked, I still had to go through that mm-hmm. journey. It was a yeah. big part of my spiritual development. And I think to your point, it's a big part of my abilities as a healer is going through some of the dark nights of the soul. I mean, oh it really, you really understand light when you have seen its opposite or its absence, I should say. Yeah, I agree. I think even in my spiritual journey from the very beginning, I, I went through so, so much. Like there were so many times where I'm like, okay, I'm done. I quit all of this. I, I always wanted to I did say, I really wanted to help as many people in this world as I could. I said that to my husband many, many years ago, but as these things would unfold and how much struggle that I had to get to where I am today, I almost quit so many times, Amanda. I was like, I can't do this anymore. If this is what this work is, I give up. And, and yet I kept coming back and it was just like, okay, there's another lesson and another lesson, another lesson. And it was, it wasn't easy, but I don't think I would be able to be of service and, and have as many students as I do now without those negative experiences because it taught me so much and it really does help you to appreciate the light when you do truly see it right absolutely absolutely do you mind if we talk about a couple other ways that your listeners can Mm -hmm. use their discernment to figure out if someone is coming from the light so we don't want to scare anybody with this because being able to open up 
to spiritual people in your life is such an important way to develop your spiritual journey. But you do have to be careful. So we have a couple of ways that you can protect yourself and make sure that you're choosing the right person to work with, right? Mm -hmm. So we've yeah. already talked about one of them, and that is their left eye. <laughs> that is looking them in the eye or looking even at a photograph to see, does anything look off? Is there anything that doesn't sit well with you? Mm -hmm. And that is something that I wish I had known way back then because it could have saved me all of this journey, right? Yeah. Another one is as simple as if you already have a trusted intuitive person in your life, have them take a look at this other person's energy, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're already one of Karina's students or if you've done a reading with her and you felt her wonderful safe energy and warmth and you know that she's somebody that you can trust, ask her to take a look. Or if there's somebody else that you've worked with, great. If you have absolute faith and trust that they are a light worker and have your highest and best interest, they can take a look for you. And then the third way is, I don't know if you've ever talked about this on your show, Karina, but have you ever talked about muscle testing or kinesiology? No, no, never. Okay. Uh -huh. So this is such a wonderful tool that you can do for yourself in case you don't have a trusted intuitive in your life that you can turn to. Okay, so I want to read the definition so I explain it properly. Um, but sure. applied, applied kinesiology or muscle testing is based on principles of biomagnetic energy. So while our conscious mind is mostly oblivious to these biomagnetic energies, our subconscious minds are profoundly affected by them. Muscle testing is designed to tap into the subconscious mind to answer questions about physical, mental, and emotional well-being. So basically, you can use this technique to ask a yes or no question and get a very clear and immediate answer. So you can ask a question such as, is this person for my highest and best good? And you'll get an answer. And the way you do it is my favorite technique is the sway test. So you stand up with okay. your feet hip width apart and you wait till you're really grounded and rooted and connected to the earth and your body comes to stillness. You don't wanna be shifting from one hip to the other or moving your body around. You wanna have your feet planted and come to stillness. And then you can ask in your mind or out loud, your yes or no question. Is this person for my highest and best good? If the answer is yes, your body is going to sway forward. And it might be very slight or it might be more dramatic, but it's still discernible. If the answer is no, you're either gonna stay still or you're going to lean backwards. Wow. And it is taking the mind chatter and the ego out of the equation and allowing that subconscious mind that is actually tapped into the energies of what serves me and my highest purpose physically, emotionally, spiritually. 
So you can ask that question, any question framed as a yes or no and get an answer. And it's really, really powerful. So you can try it with something very basic, you know, is, is this what I should have for breakfast? Yes or no, you know, and you can ask anything that's a yes or no. And it's a really empowering way to tap into your own wisdom and get an answer. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think that's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, it's really neat. It's really neat. And it's important to note that with certain questions, the answers can change over time. So if we go back to the breakfast example, maybe today it's a yes, because those are the nutrients that your body needs. But on another day, it might be a no, because point. your body might not need that particular thing. So it's something you can ask repeatedly through time and see how the answers shift. Amazing. Yeah. And the last thought that I want to leave your listeners with is actually from a conversation that I had with a girlfriend last night. I told her I was coming on your podcast. I was so excited. I told her high level what the topic was. And she said, oh my gosh, Amanda, I just have to share with you from my own experience, I have found people that I loved and that I trusted mm -hmm. and put them on a pedestal mm -hmm. and thought that they were just flawless and could do no wrong. Mm -hmm. And when they proved to be human, because we all are, we sure it, are. Proved, it proved devastating to her when these people that she had elevated to a pedestal in fact, turned out to be human. So I think what I want to leave your listeners with is this, be discerning about who you turn to or allow to have a spiritual influence in your life. Mm -hmm. When you feel very confident that they are a light worker and that they are working for your best and highest good, just be mindful that they are also human. They are also on their own journey. Mm -hmm. And give them the grace and the permission to be human. So if you elevate somebody to a high status, it just doesn't serve them or you. You mm -hmm. can take from them what serves you and leave the rest. I love that. That's why I think I am so open and honest on my podcast. I share the good and the bad. I share that I love to be a light worker and be in the light, but I also get angry and I get frustrated. And that's the human part of ourselves that we have to also embrace. There is nobody that isn't flawed. We all have the good and the bad in us. That's just what makes us function. And, and, um, and it makes us absolutely human because we're living yeah. a human existence we're souls in a human body just trying to get back yeah. to that light so yeah mm -hmm. yeah beautifully said Amanda I really truly want to thank you so much for coming on here today because I think you are going to open up a lot of people's eyes to what can really happen when we are on this spiritual journey and I think by sharing that truth it really allows others to be a little bit more aware of their surroundings and the people that they allow to enter their energetic field. And I really appreciate you being very, very open about some of that stuff because I know it wasn't easy. It was not easy back then. I'm so grateful for the healing that I have had since then. And 
I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share my story. You know, I think there is so much to be gained from working with spiritual people in our lives. And you get the most benefit when you are completely open, but you don't want to be completely open with the wrong person. So I hope that your listeners took away some tips of how they can be discerning and how they can identify spiritual influencers who are there for their highest good. So hopefully my journey helps you along yours. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast and giving me an opportunity to share my story. Thank you, Amanda. If you would like to reach Amanda, you can find her on her website at amandasurat.com. If you would like to book a reading with me, I can be reached at www.divinemessages.ca or on Instagram at divinemessages333 or at the Divine Messages podcast. Please bear in mind that the perspectives and opinions represented in this podcast are based solely on the Divine Messages interpretation. We can in no way be held responsible for the actions of our followers.